Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. What is your relationship to your dreams? For me, I love dreaming. It's always been an important part of who I consider myself to be. And I have always made sleep a priority. Like even as a teenager, I wanted to have enough time to dream and I would have my little dream journal. And I felt like whatever happened in a dream was just as real as what happened in my waking reality. And it might not be happening on the same plane, but I felt like it was true. It was real. And I had a lot of really interesting experiences with dreams, with dreaming, with what I would call true dreaming, where I could dream and see something that's happening and then tell someone else about it. And they would go, Oh, that's creepy. That's actually what I was doing then. Or to dream something and then have it come to happen later. And often it wouldn't happen literally. It would be the way I would describe it to myself would be how I would describe something that happens later. So starting to notice the synchronicity between what I would dream. Was it about something that happened yesterday? Or was it about something that's going to happen today or this week? And I still find myself in my life when I'm connecting to my truest soul, that I'm curious about that. And I'm trying to look for the connections between what might have happened in my dreaming life and what's happening in my waking life. And I'm pretty quick now to be able to recognize, oh, that dream very much had to do with a sound or an experience that was happening right then at that moment or in the prior day or something that I saw and I was still thinking about. And then there was other dreams that I have where I go, hmm, that seems to be not about any of that. I wonder what it is. And then I find where it fits later. So I think of my dreaming experience and my waking experience as like this interlocking puzzle And I find joy and inspiration in connecting all of that. But I'm bringing up dreams this week specifically to ask you all what you're dreaming into existence or what your dream is for this new year, your dream for yourself, your dream for, I don't know, the blueprint of who you are and how it's changing and evolving over the coming year. And I wonder about that. I wonder about that for myself as well. It's not something that I delve into often, but there's something about the quieter time of the year where there's more time to just sit and think. I like to have a sit and think. There's more time where I don't feel compelled to be out and having a lot of action. There's something about the colder months where it feels very right to be quiet, to be pensive, to sit down with a notebook and really ponder my life and what I might be creating. And that's a way of dreaming as well. So rather than only attempting to dream when I'm asleep and to try and, you know, become more conscious, even when I'm unconscious, there's the dreams that we have that create our lives. There's the idea that we have about ourselves that we then aspire to be or aspire not to be. 
And both of those aspects, I think, are important to recognize that there's things about ourselves that we want to amplify and there's things about ourselves that maybe we don't like as much or we're not sure why they're there. I've come to cultivate an attitude that even the things that I don't like very much about my particular emotional responses or the way that I think probably serve a purpose and they don't need to be perceived as terrible by me anymore. And because of that, I don't dwell on them quite as much as I used to. Um, hmm. It's nice to look at my life as a whole and to be able to see what good I might be able to do or where I'm doing well. So I think I, I tend to focus more on how I can continue to do something that I enjoy and to add in some more things that seem to also bring joy or get a good result in my life. So for instance, working on my health rather than saying, I'm only going to cut out bad foods and I'm never going to eat gluten again or something like that, which to me is like an impossible goal. I will start with who am I as a person who's already bridged the gap? I'm already past this drama. I've already figured it out and I'm able to eat well and I enjoy what I'm eating. And it turns out that it doesn't really have a lot of gluten in it, or it turns out it doesn't really have any dairy. How did I get there? Like what were the things that I decided to try that started to replace it? So coming at things from that angle has helped me a lot. And I try to do it everywhere in life. And I do it again and again, often in the same areas. And what I've noticed is that over the years, there's this accumulation of progress that happens so that even when I'm like, gosh, I'm terrible. Like I eat so much sugar and cookies and whatever I can actually look and go, ah, but have you noticed that the way that you're making them has less sugar? You're not doing dairy anymore. You found the substitutions and you don't even think about it anymore. You just substitute. That's awesome. Yes. Could you get better? Sure. But you're already like light years beyond where you were five years ago or even a year ago. So I like to look at things in that, I don't know, gentler perspective to say it's not about getting 100% to the end result of like never eating sugar again today, tomorrow, or even next year. It's about knowing that I'm going on that journey and getting closer and closer and closer to it at a rate that is sustainable where I can look at it and go, oh, I've irrevocably changed for the better towards this goal. And I'm not really backsliding anywhere near to the place that I was. So I like to accumulate these tiny little successes. And in order to do it, I, I I always start with adding something in. I really find it hard to take something away. Taking something away feels hard. It feels like there's willpower involved. It feels like I have to spend so much mental effort and thought about what I'm avoiding and how I'm going to avoid it and all this other stuff and saying no and noticing in the moment, oh my God, I have to say no. Someone offered me cookies. What should I do? Like it just becomes really stressful. And in stressful moments, I definitely have learned that we don't have a lot of ability to make a choice when we're stressed out. And we very much lose our ability to make choices after we've made a bunch of choices. So the less choices you have to make in a day, the better you are just in general. So weirdly, I'm living a life where I'm trying to take away as many choices as possible for myself so that I don't have to stress about it. But I'm not trying to do it in a mean, like militaristic, like you can only do blah, 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 like these five things today. Instead, I go, what could I get that I could use right now that could replace this one thing that I'm trying to avoid and just use this other thing instead? 
And I'm still allowed to use both. If I like for when I was getting rid of milk, I'm like, you can have milk, you could have lactate. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go lactate, or you could have coconut milk, or you could have almond milk or whatever, and just try them. And then after a while, I was like, oh, I'm actually, I enjoy the coconut milk. I found what to do with it. It tastes fine to me now. And I don't feel like I'm missing anything if I take away the lactate. And then after a while, it's like, oh, well, I guess you could have the lactate again. And I would try and go, oh, it actually doesn't taste good. And what was interesting is after enough time away from dairy for me, when I have it, I was like, wow, pretty immediately, like you get phlegmy and asthmatic and you never noticed before because you were just always phlegmy and asthmatic. So you've made like huge progress. And to me, I looked at that moment, that backslide as like this huge victory where I was like, oh, now you actually have the feedback. Like, you know, what's going on. And it's a reinforcement that you've made a positive choice and that you've made great progress. So this isn't like a terrible thing to be like, oh my God, you drank the lactate or you drank the real milk. It's your ability to go, oh, I don't even want to do that anymore. And that to me was like the biggest victory that I could ever possibly have is not wanting to do something that I used to think was just who I was. And it's recognizing that over time we change and who we are is not who we were. The things that we want and desire actually evolve and change, which is really cool. And we actually do have some say over how that goes. And we can do it by making it easy for ourselves to make a decision that we want to make. So whenever I have something that I want to do, I try to make it as easy as possible for me to say yes to the new thing. And yeah, that's it. I'm just trying to make it easy to say yes to what I want. And I start to notice where I start to say no and where that resistance is. And rather than trying to overcome it or tell myself like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I just come up with all of the ways that could make it easier for that to not be a huge obstacle. So when I was trying to become someone who goes for walks, it's like, what is it that's stopping me from going for the walk? Is it that I have to put on my shoes and get dressed? Is it the weather? And at the beginning, it wasn't any of those things. I think it was just that I hadn't really done it before and I didn't really want to go. And I was like, oh, wow, there's like a huge part of me that doesn't want to go. It just wants to sit here. And I was like, well, what is it that I think I'm getting from sitting here? I was like, I think I just want to be heard (laughs) that I'm tired and that I don't want to have to do things. And that's it. I just feel like I have to do things all the time and I don't want to do things. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we don't have to do things. We don't have to go for a walk. And why are we thinking of going on a walk as doing something? And that kind of shook me up a little bit. I was like, well, why am I thinking of going on a walk as doing something? What if it's just something that I'm experiencing and I could, you know, be doing anything while I'm on the walk? I could think, I could listen, I could do a phone call. What if I just want to be outside and that's okay? I went, all right. And I also gave myself permission to not enjoy the experience. It's like, you want to be someone who goes for walks And there's a part of you that just doesn't want to do anything. And there's also like a part that thinks that I should enjoy everything about my life. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of unreasonable, isn't it, Blaze? Like, you're not going to enjoy everything about your life. Like, that's just impossible. So what if it was okay if you went for a walk and didn't enjoy it? And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And I went for the walk. And that really was the gateway to dreaming a new version of myself that just walks more frequently and thinks of myself as someone who does so. And now it's been more than a year. And on most days I'm walking two miles and I would like to get back up to five. I was doing five for a while. And I think I've come to realize personally, when I ask, why am I not doing that anymore? Is that there's a seasonality 
to when that's feasible in my life. There's a season in which I have more daylight hours and I can go for more than one walk in a day. And it's easy for me to do two miles in one walk. And it's not easy when it's dark all the time and it's cold and I don't want to get hit by a car. So I gave myself not even a pass, but just like permission that it's okay, that I'm still a walker, even if I'm not like walking five to 10 miles, you know, like I don't need it to be a lot. I still can consider myself someone who walks and I am. And I actually find that I'm so used to wanting to get up and move that I'm willing to walk around inside the house more too. So it's, I've actually changed everything about how I was behaving. Like I move around so much more. I had one of those little step tracker things back when I started. And I think my average steps in a day was like 4,000 maybe. And then I went from that to 10 very, like over the course of the year, it might've even been 2000. I was sitting a lot. Like it wasn't really great. And I was kind of disappointed because you hear all those people who have their walk trackers and they're like, oh, they're 10,000 steps and they just somehow do it. And I was like, dear God, like, do they live in a city where they get to walk everywhere? Because where I live, there's like no reason to have to go anywhere and there's no easy way to do this. So I had to make the easy ways <laughs> or decide that it was still important to me or not. And I, I guess I did. I decided it was important and I've made it happen, but I didn't make it happen by beating myself up. I didn't make it happen by deciding that I'd be someone immediately who is so many stages beyond where I was. I didn't go like, okay, I'm walking 2000 steps today and tomorrow I'm going to do 10,000 steps and I'll do it every day for the rest of my life because there's no way we all know that that fails. So I'm excited that the new way that Blaze does things is like with the least effort possible. And it feels like delightfully decadently like devious to be like, I do everything that I want to do. And I do it like as minimally as possible. <laughs> and yet somehow I get everything done. Like it just feels so sneaky and like I'm getting away with something and there's something in me that loves that. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be someone who walks and I'm just going to like walk to the end of my driveway and come back. That was the beginning of walking. You don't even have to like it. Just get outside. If you feel like you don't even want to put shoes on, then fine. Just walk in your socks or barefoot. It's fine. And now my challenges with walking are going out when it's really rainy or cold and remembering that I actually do have clothing that's warm enough to go out there. So that doesn't need to be my excuse. And then I just return to the, you don't have to like it. Just go try and I also am willing to just be with myself in the moment and be like, okay, I tried and it's actually like bitterly cold and I don't want to do it today. So I'm going to find another way to move around and that's okay. And I'll still count it. But yeah, it's the same with the power breathe. I was like, just connect it to brushing your teeth. If you don't get through 30 breaths, you at least did some breaths, keep going and dial it back to just two. You don't need to be at 10. You might never be at 10, but doing it is better than not doing it. And I have no idea where I'll be at the end of the year. Maybe I'll surprise myself and get to level 10. I think I'm already getting up to like two and a half again, but at a much slower pace than I was doing earlier. So it it's not, um, it's not me trying to be a bodybuilder for my lungs. It's just me going, I want to take care of myself and I'm doing it by having this action happen every day. And naturally I'll get better at it. I don't have to force it. I don't have to like train really hard. I just need to show up. And now I'm wondering too, if I could pick up another habit to build more strength in like my wrists are pretty bad and have been for a while. And 
I remember doing some workouts and trying to do pushups and like failing miserably and then being angry at myself because I used to be able to do like indefinite sets of 20 pushups as a teenager and then having to come with to terms with the fact like I'm not a teenager anymore and I guess boohoo for me like life gets hard <laughs> I uh I'm not as tough as I used to be and I'm not as strong but that doesn't mean that I can't be again and I guess that's something that I believe deep in my heart as well as that, like, there's always the possibility of improvement and improvement that's beyond what I think is possible right now, because I'm just where I'm at right now. And that's okay. If I want to be somewhere else, I just get on the path to start going there. But I don't need to instantaneously make it happen. I don't need to make it miserable for myself to make that happen. I just need to take one small step and just say yes. And how can I make saying yes as easy as possible? And I know I've already talked about it recently about how to do that. And for myself, it really is knowing that I'm motivated by having lists and checking off boxes. I'm motivated by telling other people that that's what I'm doing. Cause then I feel like I kind of owe it to humanity. Like I've said on my podcast that I'm going to do the thing, so I better do the thing. So I start to do it. And, um, yeah, I don't have to enjoy every moment of it. I like to give things enough time to see if it's really working for me and then reevaluate and go, is this truly moving me towards somewhere that I want to be? Is it kind of neutral? Is it amazing? Or is it not moving me in a direction that I even want to go? And I like giving myself a slower pace because it allows me to evaluate that more frequently and to course correct to say, oh, I thought that this is where I wanted to go, but the closer I get to it, the more anxious and angry and resistant I get what is that all about? And is it telling me that I'm actually meant to do something else? Like I could put that effort towards another thing and be even happier. And I'm willing to look at that and change what I'm doing. And I would offer the same to you. Please change what you're doing. If you find that you have started a new project, a new idea, a new dream for who you want to be. And as you move towards it, you're like, God, I freaking hate doing this. Like I hate who I am as I'm trying to be it. I don't even know why I wanted it anymore then by all means, just go like, wow, maybe that's not what I really wanted. What is it that I really want? Give yourself that gift. Give yourself that moment of reflection to figure out where it is that you want to go, particularly right now. Like right now, when there's time to reflect, when the whole year hasn't started up all crazy and you've got time to reevaluate and time to really create an awesome chain of events. I mean, honestly, that's any time of year, but whenever you're listening to it, it's a great time (laughs) to just stop what you're doing, decide if you like it. And if you like it, great, let's keep going. And if you hate it, go, you know what? It's cool. Like I'm human and I'm allowed to change my mind and I'm allowed to just adjust. Maybe I don't want this pace. Maybe I don't even want this direction. And just listen to yourself. Mm, Yes. Maybe I'll be listening deeply to our hearts, to our dreams, to the things that we want to decide who it is that we're creating into existence with our actions and to keep choosing the thing that feels most like us, the thing that feels the most good. I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com, where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.